Support Black Podcast. What happens when two HBCU graduates get together with their differing points of view to create a podcast? You get On My Grown, where two millennials come together to discuss the confusion, the struggles, and the comedy that comes with adjusting to adulthood. Discussing everything from corporate America to dating to keeping a little change in their pocket. Check out Rodney and Melanie every week on On My Grown, the podcast. Available on onmygrown.com, SoundCloud, and any place that you find podcasts. Remember, support Black Podcasts. to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. You're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! You're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! You're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! <laughs> for, it's been, how long has it been? Like a month? We've been waiting for so long. We want to sing to you some of our songs. <laughs> Please don't. We've Stop. <laughs> so what's up, guys? Uh, it's been a bit, and some of you actually noticed. So thank you for that. We got some messages being like, "Where is the? We want? How about you guys do a show?" So that was it. Was you know what? It's nice to be missed. Yes, it is. So uh, we're here at forty three twenty seven Main Street, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, recording live on a Sunday. Yeah, baby, bubble. We, we, are uh, you gonna do the whole show with that voice? Pretty much. Oh no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I'll go down. In octave, not in. Okay. So, um, <laughs> we're here to talk about. What are we here to talk about, Len? Oh, we should have looked this up before we started recording. Do we have any emails? <laughs> I bet we do. I bet we have one. Do we really? I mean, look, it's been over a month. And these people are waiting. <laughs> To be heard. If you next if, time, if you sent us e- if you sent us emails, thank you. We appreciate it. They're great. They're great. <laughs> mm, they went they went down so smooth. <laughs> um, but we are back. Yeah. So you know we've been re- it's, we're retconning we're rebooting <laughs> from the beginning. It's gutter talk 2.0. That's right. Um, so Len, what have you been up to for the last month? Is there anything you want to catch us up on? Well, actually, for most of this time that we've been away, I have spent a lot of that time with my grandson, Avery, um, which you did not want Avery running around this store. So that's why. (laughs) But he was with me for for three weeks uh, while my daughter and her husband were vacationing in Europe. So I had him and we was running around the city just and my house. And it was a lovely time. It was oh. it was actually like the longest time I've spent with him. Yeah, yeah. So it was really fun. And most of the days was just me and him. It was real cool. It was real dope. Now you probably, I don't know. Maybe you'll answer this truthfully. When it comes time to watch a child, Grant, I mean, you're a father. So this is, of course, you're not going to have a problem with this. But if I were, if someone was like, hey, watch my kid for weeks. Right. There'd be a part of me that'd be like, oh, geez. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Even even this my grandson, and there was definitely by day four. I was like, I was, <laughs> Grandpa need a nap. I was like, here. Yeah, yeah. Today is a backyardigan's day. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. Okay, all right. I want to make because that's my initial reaction, which is someone was like, watch my kid for, you know what. Two hours. Mm-hmm. They were like, I'm going to go watch a movie. Can you watch my child? I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know what to. <laughs> my, my, my girlfriend, she got on me because she came home one day. She came home early. Mm-hmm. So she came home like around two o'clock. And she walked in the door and like the door wouldn't open. Mm-hmm. And then she looked around and my grandson was laid, laid out on the floor asleep. <gasps> and I was sitting over on the couch yeah, yeah. working on the computer. And she was like, uh, I was like, 
That's where he fell asleep. <laughs> I'm he's not, comfortable. He's comfortable. He's fine. Look at him. He's cool. You know, it was not too cold. It was, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I threw a blanket on him. <laughs> he's good. Yeah. He's good. He's been there like about a good 20 minutes. Yeah, Power yeah. nap. Yeah, yeah. He's good. Just just move the door slightly. Yeah. And she's like, shh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was fine for like another hour. Oh, amazing. I'm like, look, look. Look, this is my world. Yeah. When you come home, now you can do whatever you want with him. Mm-hmm. But when he's with me. He sleeps on the floor. Pop Pop lets him <laughs> fall asleep wherever. One day, I lie to you not. Because his whole thing was he would like climb up on my couch, go flip over the arm of the couch mm-hmm. to the floor, and then repeat. Yeah. And he'd do that like 20, 40 times. That sounds like a good time. The one time he climbed up. Got on the arm of the couch, rocked the hell out. I mean, but rocked out like over the arm of the couch. Uh, <laughs> like, like, like he looked like he was like, that was a good 30 minutes. <laughs> Just asleep. <laughs> he was good. I was like, yo, when it hits you, it hits you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's Some good, time though. for naps. Yeah. Yep. Then I took him out and took him to the, to the playground, got some water ice. I'm a 40 year old man, and I'll tell you what, I love me some naps. Yes. I want to make a shirt that's just like heavy, like metal as fuck, you know what I mean? But just like <laughs> naps. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Um, just because I'm all about will it. Buy it. Yeah, I'm all about a just a siesta. Mm. Mm, taking a little nappy nap. Anyway, so um, what, what did you've I do? been up to? I tell you, I, I did a couple of things. I saw a couple movies. Oh, as I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I see? I saw uh, Halloween on the big screen. 1978, John The Carpenter. original Halloween. Classic. Still one of my top five horror films ever. I love it. It's just- Really? I can always enjoy that movie. As, even though there's some real silly stuff in there, mm-hmm. it's just, it hits whatever it is inside me that hits me in such a way that I'm just like, this is, this is the one. This is it. Um, it is the template. We got to go, we went and saw the movie about the, what was the one about the, the white guy? Who uh, who gives a woman a singing career? A Star Is Born. That's the one. I saw A Star Is Born. Um, <laughs> you feel some type of way about that movie? Not. It's not a. It's not a feminist film, is what <laughs> I'll say. Uh, if you enjoy women with um, uh, agency, mm-hmm. uh, who make strong, smart decisions, mm-hmm. eh, maybe you don't go see this movie. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do recognize that it's a remake. And I didn't see it. Here's the thing. I did not realize as I was watching it, going, looking around going, what? Um, that it was a remake. I'm surprised so many people did not know that this was a remake Mm-mm. at all. Never mind that it's been remade. This is like the fourth remake of mm-hmm. the story. But a lot of people didn't know that it was a remake. No. I, that's crazy. Yeah, no idea. Uh, so other than that, see, I, I, I'd like to preface it with saying I, it's a problematic film. Randy hates that word problematic. But it's a problematic film. That I still enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife talked about it for quite a we, we had a couple of days of discussion. Like we would just be brushing our teeth, you know, and all of a sudden some of us would come out about something about the movie. So it kept us talking, which is a great thing about a film. Exactly. If I go to a movie and we go see it and I sit through it and I enjoy it or whatever, and then I walk out and I don't discuss it, then that movie is probably not going to be on my list of any, any, any sort. Um, but even if it's a movie I don't, like that much if it's getting gets me talking then i feel like i've i've gotten something out of it right you know so um it definitely kept us talking and it was uh it's a, it's a bummer of a film which i didn't realize i thought it was going to be like this cutesy singing sing-along country music kind of oof ooh, it takes a turn oh yeah it's a dark film man. yeah i had no idea so uh dark i did enjoy story. it and the music is actually some of the songs are pretty good they get stuck in my head that's, that's a good thing you want in music. I heard Bradley Cooper is surprisingly good as a singer. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. The neat thing was is he does his his voice. Like, as the character, I don't know if you know, but Bradley Cooper is is very good at voice acting. Yes. Uh, he's excellent. And he's Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is funny because it doesn't sound, Rocket Raccoon doesn't sound like someone doing a voice. Mm-hmm. And But listening to it, I would not know that it was Bradley Cooper. Right. So uh, the funny thing about this film is that he's talking and he's putting on his country music singer voice just while he's doing dialogue and stuff. And I'm sitting there going, he's doing somebody. Who is, who, who, whose voice is this? And I go, Sam Elliott. I, was, mm. I, I almost say almost Sam Sh- Shepard. Sam Elliott from, uh, you know, The Big Lebowski. Everyone probably knows him from The Big Lebowski. Big, bushy, white mustache. 
sure enough, later in the film, Sam Elliott shows up. Oh, really? Yeah, so you can hear them side by side, and you can be like, he's clearly doing a Sam Elliott, because they're brothers. They play brothers. So anyway, I just thought that was a kind of interesting little tidbit. Uh, and they even say in the movie that Bradley Cooper's character took his brother's voice. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was kind of a neat thing, and I was like, oh, I guess he really he really is just doing Sam Elliott. Is Sam Elliott in The Big Lebowski? I'm trying to remember him. Am I crazy? Big, like, Big he's the Lebowski. guy, he's, he's the beginning, he's the bookend character. Who, oh, who you're right. Introduces you. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and every yeah, so yeah. often he, he shows up to do a little bit of like voiceover or something. Like, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I but, th- I know time. I I mean I know Sam Elliott from a bunch of stuff. But the first movie I think of when I think of Sam Elliott is uh, Tombstone. Oh man, I have not seen that movie in a minute, and it is high on my list of things I want to get to and rewatch. Mm-hmm. I remember really enjoying that. Yeah, but I haven't gotten back to it. Uh, so I went and saw that anyway. And my the big thing that we did, my wife and I celebrated our third year wedding anniversary. And we went to go see Kim Jong-gi, who is a Korean illustrator. It's K-I-M-J-U-N-G-G-I. Who, if anyone sees his videos, they will blow you away. He's just a gentleman who shows up. He starts in the middle of a wall or a very big piece of paper, and he'll just start by drawing a big toe. And then he'll just draw the other little toes. And then all of a sudden, there's a foot, and then there's a calf, and then there's a whole leg. And then next thing you know, you got a whole mural Mm -hmm. of perfectly in perspective ink drawings that didn't have any pencil work ahead of time. Mm. Even, Even the best comic book illustrators that I've seen start with a framework of some sort. Yes. And uh, this gentleman just shows up and he just draws it. And it's it's mind-boggling. Uh, but we got to go to New York City and he had a whole little workshop that he did with another gentleman where they showed you how to draw hands. They did a little hand workshop, a little bit of watercolor, and then about an hour and a half of Kim Jong-gi just talking and drawing oh, up on a dope. big monitor. That's dope. It was projected up onto a big screen. Uh, and they took questions and all that sort of stuff. And uh, it was just a really great experience. My wife has this way of putting together really nice experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, when I was I was kind of depressed for a while and I wasn't feeling my art as much. She just texted, uh, I'm sorry, not texted, but emailed Joe Kubert, the Joe Kubert, and said, hey, uh, my husband had cancer and he's depressed and he's floundering in his art. You want to talk to him? And so she took me to go to Joe Kubert's school where he sat and talked to me for about an hour or so. Get out of just, here. Just just like chilling at his uh, at his office by his drafting table and stuff like that. I so, mean, see, see, it's little things like that. And that's not a little thing. That's not a little thing. That's not a little thing that's at all. That's a big thing. But just to be that thoughtful mm-hmm. to go like, you know, like, to, to email him is one thing, mm-hmm. right? And you can just email him, hey, what can I do? Do you yeah, have anything yeah. I can do? But then to then make the leap, like, you know, would you talk to him? Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring him to you so that y'all can do this. I mean, your wife may be the world's perfect woman. <laughs> yes, her and Dorothy Mantooth are both saints. <laughs> nice one. Thank you. That's a, that's a deep cut. That's a reference. People get it. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll tell you what. I was mad when she, when she, because she didn't tell me where we were going. She says, we're getting in the car. We're going on a trip. I got a surprise for us. Okay, so we're, we go for about a two-hour drive because this place is up yeah. in, in Jersey. And uh, we show up, and I see the sign, Kubert School. And I said, what the, f- what are we do? what are we doing here? And I, she's like, oh, we're going to go talk to Joe Kubert. I said, what do you mean we're going to go talk to Joe Kubert? That's not what, you don't do that. You don't go talk to Joe Kubert. She's like, oh, yeah, I got this appointment. We're going to go sit. I'm like, talk to him about what? Whatever you want to talk to him about. What do you mean whatever I want to talk to him about? You just show up to chit-chat with Joe Kubert? And I did. I chit-chat with Joe Kubert. How dope. was it? It was amazing. Yeah? It was amazing. He, I, you know How what? long ago was this? this well, was obviously because- Several um, years. Right, right. I want to say maybe six years ago. Mm-hmm. Honey, she doesn't know. Um, long time ago. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just we went into his office where he does all of his drawing at his at his um, drafting table, and uh, I got a picture at his, at his drafting table. 
and it was just just sitting at his drafting table and seeing how he had his drafting table set up. Even that was revelatory for me. I got to sit and be like, oh, that's where he put the dip. And he had all this stuff that he had just sort of rigged on top of his uh, drafting table to hold different things. Like yeah. it was just a piece of, you know, it's a drafting table. If you know what it is, it's just a, you know, a big flat area mm-hmm. that you just angle upwards right. at a certain degree and then you sit and draw. But then there's no way to like hold things onto it because you put your inking stuff, it just slides off the table. So he had crafted out of like cardboard and and um, duct tape, wow, little things to hold his you know his ink, his brushes, his ink, his inkwell, and all that sort of stuff. So even that was like, oh, that's <laughs> he just made it. And uh, I think the thing that I took away. From the uh, the biggest thing I took away from that conversation with him, he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I really like inking. I want to be an inker. And he said, no, you don't. And I said, uh, uh, but, no, but, I don't. But, uh, but I do. <laughs> and he said, no, you don't. You, you don't want to, you don't, you want to create your own stuff. You want to, you want to sit and you want to work it out from beginning to end. And that's, that's what you want to do. That's what an artist does. You know, you don't want to be a part of an assembly line of art. You, you, you should sit down and do your own things. And I said, oh. <laughs> As a, uh, all right. So it actually, it was a nice impetus to make me rethink my artwork and what I wanted to achieve with it and not just be an inker for Marvel Comics or DC. Um, so yeah, so, you know, now I, I, I don't get to work on art that, that much, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But um, even things from Inktober, I'm not just inking somebody else's stuff. I'm, like, creating my own, penciling my own stuff. Um, what do you want to do with your art, J.D.? Because I've, to- I've told you, and I don't know if we've mentioned it that much on the show, but I've told you, I think that you are a phenomenal cartoonist. Oh, thank you. I mean, and I, and I know, and like, I, I draw, mm-hmm. and, I, and I consider myself a reasonably talent good hmm? cartoonist you have me beat hands down well that very nice. I, thank I, you i don't knock it but i take umbrage bill with it thank you but um but what is it that you want to do with it you know i, I don't think i have any long-term goals other than create what feels fun for me in the moment okay i don't have a thing i don't want to be a i don't want to draw comics for marvel comics i don't want to do anything like that uh, i don't like doing sequentials i find it stressful and i just don't have the brain for that sort of so thing so you don't want to do be a comic book artist no 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 i don't i, I like making my little one-offs and my prints and my t-shirts and stuff like that i'd much rather do things that are more um i i guess just uh graphic in nature than mm-hmm. than sequential Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So I also have a lot of fun doing portraits for people in the neighborhood. I do pet portraits. I do um, like, hey, my son's birthday is coming up. Can you have him hanging out with the Hulk? So I, it's one image that's right. done. Right. You know what I mean? Or draw me Captain Marvel or or just uh, draw my... Uh, I did one family portrait. It was the dad and his two kids and they were all wearing halo armor, but they had their helmets off. Mm-hmm. So it's stuff like that. I really enjoy um, things that people can put in their homes to hang up uh, as opposed to something that sits in a box and you don't really ever see it again. Do you know what I mean? No, I feel you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, oh, the big, uh, my biggest takeaway from that Joe Kubert experience was <sighs> we were driving home and I was flooded with emotion of just having an older gentleman sit and have a one-on-one conversation with me about things that I thought were important. And I, uh, we're still driving home, and we stopped at like Panera for, for something for food or whatever, coffee on the way home. And uh, we were sitting in silence, and I'm just sort of ruminating in the experience. And uh, I turn to Sushan, and I go, oh, so that's what it's like to have a father figure. Mm. You know what I mean? Because uh, I grew up without a dad, uh, without a grandfather, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that, that was, it was really important to me to have that sort of experience. Yeah, um, and it was it was all overall just a very positive and um, beautiful kind of kind of day that I had, and then you know he passed away, and so I felt that a little extra heavy, you know. But um, she creates experience. My wife creates experiences. Uh, there's another thing that you you've seen. Oh, recently, huh? Huh? you saw Venom. Oh, we did see Venom. Me and my symbiote, we saw it. Uh, symbiote. 
symbiote. <laughs> Symbi- symbiote. Which, the, okay, first thing, they corrected it in post. Yes, I heard that, yeah. Cause, uh, and I didn't realize that. I was just watching the movie, kicking back, eating my popcorns and whatnot. And I, uh, they kept saying the word, and I kept saying, why, why did I think they were saying it weird? It sound, that sounds right. A symbiote? Symbiote. That sounds right. That's how I say it. But I remember it in the trailer that it sounded real weird, and I couldn't quite make my brain say the weird thing mm-hmm. because it sounded normal to me. I'm like, maybe I'm just so used to hearing it the weird way that now the weird way sounds right. You know what I mean? Right. No, so, no, no. yeah. It's, and then I found out afterwards, it was like, oh, they changed it in post. So they fixed that. I have uh, Overall, my view is it's a fun, ridiculous movie. Okay. You don't get any Spider-Man. You get a couple of nuggets that they drop in there, like uh, the astronaut in the beginning of the film's name is Jameson. Mm, that's right, because it's not in New York. Right. Okay. Uh, and um, yeah, the one they bring back the samples, these alien samples, which mm-hmm. are the, the symbiotes, and uh, the one who gets infected is John Jameson, who mm. we all know is you know J. Jonah Jameson's son, right. the astronaut. Destined to become Man Wolf. Yes, yes. I can't wait for the Man Wolf spinoff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, stuff like that was cute. Uh, the relationship between Eddie and the Venom was cute. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth, a little bit of banter, which was kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Um, Venom calls him a pussy at one point, which I thought was weird. Hmm. Like, you just got the earth. How do you know what? A- anyway, so um, I think my takeaway is it was a fun movie. I didn't regret going to see it. Sushan and I walked out being like, that was cool. That was cute. Whatever. Right. It's not going to blow down any doors, mm-hmm. but we weren't mad at it. Now, that being said, I definitely would like them to do... I had heard that there was an, it was supposed to be R-rated because of the success of Deadpool. They said, oh, we're going to do Venom. It's going to be R-rated. And it's going to be like a horror. It's going to be bloody and blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of stoked about that. And I would like them to put that out eventually. And then, you know, I also heard that Tom Hardy had said, deleted all of his favorite parts. Which were all of that. Which is that what it was? Yeah, I wasn't what I sure heard. if that was on top of, or yeah. maybe there were comedic bits that he liked. I, got, I, I mean, it may sure. be one or two comedic bits, but I heard that a, a lot of what he missed was the violence. Yeah, and the yeah, stuff, man. Right. Like Venom, they skipped right to the lethal protector. Mm-hmm. There was no, I'm so angry at blank, I want to eat his brains. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, even if Spider Man's not involved, there's, there was, there's an anger to that character and a sort of, you know, the character is suicidal mm-hmm. at first, and then he channels that into anger for revenge and all this other stuff. And you don't really get that. You, you, you slide directly into, I'm a, I'm a guy who tries, I'm a reporter who has his own YouTube channel, and I try to expo- do exposés and help people and blah, blah, blah. And then he gets, he winds up effing himself in the B, and then everything plummets, and he loses his whole life. And so he's just sort of like down and out, drinking a lot. And he's decided, well, I'm not going to help people anymore. And then he decides to help people again. Right. You know, there's no real character arc for that. It's just like, well, fine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help. You know, and then he gets a symbiote. So, yeah. But other than that, I thought it was fun. Um, I feel like there's a lot of backlash online that feels silly to me. Because there's people who I think went in expecting a different movie than what they got. And I understand wanting something different from this. But if you watch the trailer... And you watch a giant CGI Venom uh, use the phrase, like a turd in the wind. <laughs> I feel like, and if you go to pay money for that movie, it's your fault. Yeah. Because it's, it's encapsulated right there. Pretty much. Oh, sorry, Mrs. Chang. I have a, I have a, I have a what's he say? I have a, not a, <laughs> oh, I, got I have a, a parasite. I got a, a parasite. Yeah, I got a parasite. So you know what you're getting, man. Well, you go, don't go see that movie if you, if you don't want to see more of that. You know, I went in knowing exactly what I was getting, and I got what I wanted. So yeah. That being said, I, I do think that they were smart not to go with the R-rated version because the R. Well, of course. Because that's what got them the big box office yeah. that they've gotten. Yeah, because you know? that's the thing with you know, as a big horror buff, mm-hmm. I always want all my horror movies to be rated R. Yeah. Because that's where you get the real like creepy, gross, unsettling stuff. Right. Uh, which makes it a horror movie. Uh, more often than not, what I get is what I call teen horror. Yes. You get Scream, you get, uh, this. just recently, um, well, this is a bad example, actually. I realized after the, after the fact that it was rated R, but they didn't really use that R rating to its full effect, which was a movie called Hellfest. Oh, that's the one out. with Tony Todd. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's, he shows up. Um, 
He's got three minutes of screen time. I, I only say that because I just did an interview with him. Oh, there you go. All right, cool. Um, who I, I think, what, uh, Candyman. Yeah. Yeah, Candyman and like the Final Destination films. He was always like the prophetic doom guy uh, in those films, which I think are a lot of fun too. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Hellfest, I saw that because it's about a group of people who go to, basically, for all intents and purposes, it's the Six Flags Great Adventure Fright Fest. Right. It's like a bunch of the haunted stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fine. But it was basically a teen horror movie with an R rating. So things like Truth or Dare came out last year. Yeah. It's like PG-13. Mm. Um, so yeah, I-, I wanted this movie to have a nice hard R and sort of differentiate it from all of the other superhero movies, which they even play up in the trailer, which is there are enough superheroes or something like that. What is it? Too many superheroes or something? Too many. It's like, well, then make the villain movie you want to make. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping it comes out like they did with the the Snyder stuff. You got your R-rated. Was it R-rated? Or just extended cut? Are you talking about uh, Watchmen? Yeah, stuff like that. It was was extended cut. Yeah. 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 So, um, but I also understand from a marketing and making money viewpoint, uh, if they ever want to have Spider-Man show up in any of these, if they ever decide on a new deal. Mm Mm-hmm then they can't really introduce Spider-Man into an R-rated film franchise. No, they can't. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah. But I also kind of wonder, all right, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I dig it, I dig it. Now, you didn't see it, did you? No, I have not seen it. I probably won't see it until it hits one of the streaming services. Now, here's the thing, man. Here's my question. Doing, you know, we're, we're enveloped in all of this stuff, and I like to joke around that when movies come out that I don't necessarily think are going to be very good, I joke that I am genetically... Um, uh, contractually obligated to go see these things. Yes. Because it's just something in my DNA. I got comics inside my DNA. How come you don't you don't feel that? Because there are certain movies that, you know, I kind of feel that pull to, mm-hmm. that I am genetically and contractually obligated to see yeah. them in a free screening. <laughs> and if I miss said free screening then I will wait for them to hit my already paid for streaming service. Touche salesman. <laughs> I, all right, all right. But see, I can't stop, won't stop, man. I, I didn't know if I was going to like Venom. I heard Turd in the Wind and I went, ah, oh, geez. No, there were, and the, the screening happened when I was with my grandson. So, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and it was like, I got to stay here. You know, yeah. As a matter of fact, because most, you know, um, inside baseball, most movie screenings here happen on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, or thir- Tuesday or Wednesdays, and I can't remember which day that screening happened on. Are the days that my girlfriend works her second job? So those were days when when my grandson is here. Like usually, I would have been able to go because it yeah. would have just been me. Mm-hmm. But I had my grandson. Yeah, and I wasn't taking him. To see Venom, so yeah. understandable. We, we stayed home and watched. You know what we watched? Tell oh. me, tell me. You know what we watched? Because nope, still here's don't the thing. Know. Having my grandson, I watched some movies that I kind of wanted to see, but just didn't have. Sure, you know, yes. some, the you know the the license to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I get it. So I saw um, Peter Rabbit. There was an uh, it was a kind of like mashup of live action computer animated Peter Rabbit. It's a new film. Yeah, it came out um, in the spring. Yeah, around e- or around Easter. You know, based on based on the Peter Rabbit books. Yeah, um, I, didn't re- I had no idea that there was a live live action. Yeah, it actually was pretty cute. No kidding. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Who were there? Were there any like stars and? There, there is one one woman star. I can't remember her name. Mm. She's a name. Like if I said her name, you would know. Like, her. Oh, yeah. But it's it, it's definitely has a um, because of the books being you know originally um, from England. You know, mm. Beatrix Potter, the the originator, creator of the books. It, de- it it's an English movie, so it has that vibe and that humor, which I actually enjoy. Um, so I I I really enjoy the heck out of it. Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne, yes. yes. James Corden. Mm-hmm. The guy does those sing-along. He's the voice. He's the voice of Peter Rabbit. Of, yeah, and then Joe, Rose Byrne. Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As Cottontail Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dom Hal Gleason. Yes. Also from Star Wars. Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, it's a good Sam voice cast. Sam Neill? Sia? Yeah, it's a good cast. They're I had good cast. no idea. It was pretty cool. Nice. I enjoyed it. Okay. And then we watched, um, and this is goes back um, to last year, I think, Boss Baby. Oh, okay. With Alec Baldwin. You know, I, la- I laugh deris- de- 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 derisively, but um, I don't know anything about it. It's not bad. Is it like, look who's talking? No, because it's, it's computer animated. Oh, it's like a Pixar kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's oh. computer animated. Huh. Um, but it actually was kind of funny. Okay. It was funny, and it had a lot more heart than I thought it yeah. did about, you know, this, this, this family that has a son, and they have a... Uh, uh, a baby that comes kind of like from where babies come from, which is the, in the sky, uh-huh. and the and the, the baby stork. is actually like you know he's a baby, but he's also an agent of a sort. And you he, know just what shows, I mean? he just he just shows up like that. Well, they expected to have a baby, and that was how the baby that's was how delivered. the baby just acts from go from yeah. Jump Street. It, it, it's, okay. You have to watch it. It's on Netflix. Do I though? No, you won't. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Enjoyed it. Okay. I find my I found myself pleasantly surprised. See what I, I hear. What I what I'm hearing coming out of your mouth, Len, is that I'm not gonna go watch Venom, but I'll watch Boss Baby because my 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 standards are too high for Venom. But I'll watch Boss Baby. Yeah. And espouse its its creativity and, and hilarity. Yes. Okay, cool. That's, that's yes. make sure I was making sure I was hearing you correctly. You get yeah. hearing it. I had gunk in my ears. But I'll do the same thing for Venom when it hits Netflix. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not on Netflix yet. Um, so was there something else? See, I always, uh, even even now, I still underestimate, and I don't know why. I underestimate animated films. Really? Do you believe it? It's crazy, right? Uh, but it's like things like Pixar does a movie like um, Finding. Nemo. Mm-hmm. And I see the trailer for that before it comes out, and I go, oh, man, it's a bunch of talking fish. I don't give a shit about this. And then, for whatever reason, I get dragged to it. Uh, I think I took a niece or something or a nephew to see it. And uh, I go, oh, hot damn, this is really good. I'm having emotions. This is funny. This but, is really great. But, J.D., okay, but why are you underestimating it? Because you like a great deal of animated things. Yeah, but there's there are things that I think are aimed at me specifically, like Incredibles. Mm-hmm. I knew going to the Incredibles that I like this movie is made for me. I am the audience for this, and I cannot wait. This looks right up my alley. Mm-hmm. And then there are things like Cars. Okay, or, fair enough. Or uh, Finding Nemo. Or gosh, I'm trying to think about that. Like even Big Hero Six. I went, oh, that's for me. Okay, it's right. A super right. team, and then there's like a big fluffy guy. Um, that just looks like it's aimed at a slightly higher level than Talking Fish. But what about Toy Story? You love Toy Story. I like the Toy Stories. And Toy Story, especially the first one, I don't know, well, you were younger then. Yeah. But Toy Story 2 and 3, they weren't necessarily aimed for you. Maybe 3, but I don't know if 2 was aimed for you. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying there's something in me that still makes me go, I don't know. Like I see a movie like boss baby and i go i'm like i don't care about that and then but if i had to sit and watch it i might go oh this is very enjoyable yeah okay yeah i don't know what it is um but it you know there's also something in that makes me fall asleep during animated things even as much as i love Mm -hmm. and i keep talking about the dc animated stuff that they do that i love so much Mm -hmm. i fall asleep watching them yeah i do so and then i gotta i guess i gotta rewind and pick up (laughs) i don't know if i just because i'm old But like I sit and watch. Oh, I want to sit and watch the Batman animated. Well, especially Batman animated series. It's great for its time. For its time. For its time. They and they even admit it. They even admit that yeah. you know, like it was a little slow. Yeah. There's a couple of episodes. A little sleepy. Well, yeah. It was a little sleepy. It's a little. So yeah. Well, it's not something I want to catch you up on, but there is something that I saw Ooh. and you have just seen, Ooh. and that is Titans oh, yeah. episode one on the new DC Universe um, streaming service. Streaming service for your phone. It's for my TV. It's for my phone. It, that's 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 
your problem. This, this, all right, this is everyone else. Tune out. This is this is for DC Universe. This is for the people who make DC Universe. And my name is JD. It's not their fault. And I what? It's not their fault. I know where it's you're going. Fault. Well, they don't know because they haven't heard the show yet. So uh, DCUniverse.com. Uh, Here's the thing. Uh, put it on Fire Stick. I want to watch it on my television. You can. It's on Roku. I don't have a Roku. I broke it with wine. <laughs> I had a Roku, and then I spilled wine on the remote. And now you're whining about and it. And then I'm whining about it. <sighs> so I bought a Fire Stick thinking, well, they're the same fucking thing. Who cares? Let me try the Fire Stick. Let's see if that's any better or worse. Turns out it's worse. Yes, it is. Because DC, I can't watch that on, the, on my television. I want to watch the Titans, but I got to watch it on my, my desktop computer. It's not even on my PS4. I just bought a PS4 on a Black Friday for the Spider-Man game, which we could talk about in a minute. And I can't watch it on that either. No, I'm surprised that it's not on the PS4. It's a it bunch of bullpucky. It probably will be coming for the PS4. But coming I, for you, DC. I can understand them not being on Fire Stick. Because let's be let's be honest, since I'm just gonna tell I'm out don't think I'm telling any secrets here. Fire sticks get jailbroke like in the parking lot. So not now not being completely or even remotely, I should say, technologically inclined, breaking a fire stick, the Amazon Fire Stick, does that not also include being able to watch DC Universe online or Titans? Like I don't know what break fire break jailbreaking it is. Jailbreaking basically means that instead you're you turn your fire stick into basically this portal yeah. that goes out to the internet. Mm -hmm. And so if it's that, on the internet, it's not exactly pulling torrents, uh -huh. but it's just pulling everything illegally. Right. So I think so even if even if DC doesn't have an app on my fire stick, isn't it conceivable that I'd still be able to use my jailbroken Fire Stick to watch the stuff that they're putting out? Yeah. Well, then what the f just put it on the fucking app is what I'm saying. Well, but however, the uh, the Fire Sticks get jailbroke so much. Yeah. Right? That you, you just try to avoid all that type of I, I, I don't know. I, I, it makes sense to me to go to some place where the security is maybe a little bit better, which gotcha. is on Roku, as opposed to Amazon, which, like I said, are like some people are buying them jailbroke. Like yeah. they don't, and most people don't even know it's an Amazon. They just don't get their fire stick, and they got their brother-in-law who can who can jailbreak it real yeah. quick for them. I, see, I didn't even know that you couldn't jailbreak a Roku. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure you can, mm -hmm. but... Uh, it's not as rampant. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing as, like, you know, Android and iPhones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, one is easier to get into than the, uh, gotcha. Than the other. Gotcha. Uh, so anyway, we saw the we saw the show. Either way, we saw it. <laughs> Either way, because uh, we both signed up for the you know you buy the first year and they give you three months free subscription service. Right? right. Is that what you got? Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. Okay. No. Is that what we got? You're not gonna like me, so I'm not gonna say anything. Oh no, I'm not. What, what, yeah. What would you do? They gave it to me for free. Oh, you mother lover. <laughs> they well, how what? How did you? Did they contact you? They reached out to a triple. You son of a biscuit. You know what? Congr I, you know what? Good for you, buddy. Thank you. I'm proud of you. That's you. nice. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So I paid for it like a good upstanding <laughs> citizen. <sighs> I'm not a goddamn celebrity. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I'm mostly excited for... Young Justice. Young Justice season three? Three. Uh, and then it's got some other stuff on there that I'll get to eventually. But yeah, uh, I wasn't looking forward to this Titan show. We Me, saw the we trailer. Weren't. Not I, at all. I feel like we may have talked about the trailer on, yeah, we on did. the show. Mm -hmm. And the whole fuck Batman thing, the whole grim dark, it felt very 90s. It felt like Titans by way of, you know, the Crow film. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I stick by that. I stick, I think that most of the the TV show is. The Titans via 90s The Crow film starring Brandon Lee, which is a fantastic movie. I love it. But I don't think it's the right atmosphere for what I would want out of a Titan show. Right. Um, that being said, there are sparks of things that I like in this show. I like what you did there. That are keeping me interested in coming back. Yes. Same, same for me. And that spark would be one uh, Anna... Diop, I believe is how you pronounce her name. D-I-O-P is her last name. Anna Diop, who is playing Starfire in Titans. She absolutely, first of all, the, the, 
the episode is more or less like a, a a tale of two halves. Yeah, it like it's an hour long episode, but it reads like two half hour episodes. Like yeah. almost like the whole second half looks like it's directed and filmed by a totally different crew. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? Um, which maybe makes sense because the second half is primarily Starfire's story, mm-hmm. um, which is immediately more interesting. From the opening shot of her yes. just opening her eye. Yes. It is immediately more interesting and it is 10,000 times acted better. Oh my God. By Anna. And I'll just call her Anna. Anna. Yeah, uh, it's D I O P. Right. Yeah. Uh, because she is just, she is just spot on, natural funny she gets off when she's a little scared she mm-hmm. she comes off when she's got to be a little cocky it comes off um she doesn't look bad when she has to do some fighting they she looks she she, she does not look bad she she does she does there's nothing bad looking about her at all goodness gracious and to my surprise they actually pull off the starfire effect very yeah. well yeah. i i was actually very surprised at how well they pulled that off. Quantico. She was in Quantico. That's where she was from. 24. Yeah. yeah. Quantico. Um, yeah, man. So, all right. A little bit a little bit of backstory on my reactions to Titans before it even came out was everything I just said, but also all of the people online who saw the the someone had taken like a, a set picture, I guess, mm-hmm. while they were filming, and all of the people online going, well, a starfire looks like she's dressed like a hooker. You look like a hooker, a sex worker. And uh, invariably, my response was, have you read the comic books ever? Have you seen, have you ever literally seen Starfire, the character before this? Because her outfits have always been interesting, <laughs> right? So when this comes along and all of a sudden she looks like a hooker, you know, that snaps me into... Is it a race thing? If it, was, if it was a white woman wearing an outfit like that, would it all of a sudden, would it be a hooker conversation? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's me projecting my own assumptions about racism. Mm-hmm. It's not like, I, don't, I didn't engage with anybody who was literally like, she's, she's black. She's not supposed to be Starfire. I'm like, man, she's orange. She's right. an orange alien. Right. So... Um, and I try not to engage with that, but like talking about the costume and stuff like that, I felt was a little silly. Mm-hmm. But um, so I came into it with that kind of honestly, hoping that all of those people would be proved wrong. Right. Uh, there was something inside me that kind of was like a little grumpy about it. I was like, you know what? I hope that she's great and that there's a reason for the costume looking the way it does. I'm air quoting, and and stuff like that. And um. I feel like they pulled it off. That's yeah, a, the so way, do I. I, I. I 100% agree. I think she's uh, naturalistic in her portrayal. She's confused. When she's scared, she seems scared. Uh, when she's being kind of um, snarky, mm-hmm. it reads well. Um, she seems like a person who is not only reading lines, which a lot of the actors in the show do. Oh, my God. She takes the, 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 the time to look like she's thinking before she's speaking or she's reacting naturalistically. Um, she's definitely, I think, the breakout of this episode. Mm-hmm. I, have, I don't really have any experience with the Beast Boy except for... Ryan Potter. His, yeah, man, you're good at the names. Ryan Potter as Beast Boy. We get one little glimpse of him at the end where he decides to break into like, I don't know if it was a Best Buy or whatever. He wants to get a video game. Mm-hmm. So uh, in order to do that, he turns into a giant green tiger. Which makes no sense. No sense. If you're gonna, if you you've had the entire animal kingdom at your second <laughs> call to just become to sneak in and steal a video game, giant green tiger probably not the best bet. Um, I feel like Raven was fine. I don't I don't really care that much about her. I liked her shadow effect. I thought the effect on her was good. Yeah, and I didn't think I didn't think what for what the uh, actress is asked to do. I didn't think that she was bad no you know i mean i could quibble at what it's what like i said what it's asking her to do but i didn't think that she was tegan croft yeah. playing raven I, I thought she was okay there's fine yeah 
Um, she didn't bring anything to that role that made me go, man, this is way more nuanced than any other um, a- angry goth teenager with a demon hiding inside of her. Right. Um, I think my biggest problem with this is Robin. Brenton Thwaites. Uh, oh, and his and his partner. Or not partner, but like one, the woman who works in the precinct with him. Oh, um, Amy is the, the character's name. Like, all of a sudden... He's a cop. He's a de- is he like a beat cop or a detective? What no, is he's he? a detective. He's a detective. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what age he is. He seems like he's in his early twenties. But they're but you can't be a detective in your early twenties unless you're like. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to become a tech detective mm-hmm. in your early twenties. Is not uncommon. Yeah. But I think he's probably playing it like he's about 24, 25. Okay. And you could maybe get there. But can you get there after being a teenage sidekick for Batman for so long and just having recently stopped doing that? Well, okay, you've only recently just stopped doing that. But if for somewhere along those lines, Dick Grayson was a cop in Gotham City. Yeah. Oh, was that a thing? Well, or we're just giving it the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving it the benefit of a doubt, but I okay. think that that's what you're meant to read here. Oh, okay. okay. That Dick Grayson was a cop. His and, alter ego was right. Dick Grayson beat cop. Right. Exactly. Okay. I'll take it. I love it. I wasn't sure if I had missed some dialogue or something. And that did happen in the comics. It just wasn't Robin. It was oh. as Nightwing. Yeah. As oh, Nightwing. Yeah. Okay. He it was Dick. He was still Dick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He became. He I became like that. A I thought cop. that was a neat idea. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like um, the age thing, and then he's like, as soon as we meet him, you know, the other officers or the other detectives in the office are talking about him. He's like, oh, he doesn't like partners and blah blah. blah. And all I could think of was like, I'm a lone wolf. I'm a mm. loose cannon. It's just such a cliche. It is. I don't want a partner. The only reason I, I give at least that aspect of it a benefit of a doubt mm-hmm. is because, one, for him to be playing Robin at this age, mm-hmm. if we're putting him between 23, 26 years old, sure. right? For him to be playing Robin at this age, this thematically and historically with the Robin character, well, Dick Grayson's Robin, is around the time that one, he would have stepped off from Batman, mm-hmm. which is what this character did. Mm-hmm. Two, well, he got fired, didn't he? Am I thinking? Of this? Am I remembering this wrong? In the comics, like he got shot by the Joker or something in the arm, and then Batman was like, "You're off. You're off the team." They, they, he realized he could get hurt. They've put so many different stories. Who knows what it is? Oh, okay. So I don't know whether or not. Who knows what's canon anymore? That's whether true. or not he got he yeah, got yeah. fired or whatever. But you know, it's they had a falling out. Right. Yeah. So you know that at around this age, he's not with Batman anymore. He's upset with Batman for one reason or the other, Mm -hmm. and he's wrestling with exactly who he wants to be, hero wise. Yeah. You know, Um, does he want to be his own man or does he want to be a de facto um, Batman? So that thematically works with what their portrayal is. My problem with it is that I didn't necessarily feel, I didn't necessarily like the guy, the the actor. Yeah, the actor, yeah. He doesn't do anything for me. Nah. There's something about this this actor's hair and the way he wears his hair. Uh One, for some reason, it looks like a wig to me. But... When he then throws on his Robin gear, it just, his hair just th- takes me out of it. Hmm. And like, I almost wish like, and also just to maybe like further hide his identity that he did when he did Robin, he wouldn't do some kind of like just slick back yeah. with it, you know, mm-hmm. just, just something, it's just something about There's the way some pomade in it. Yeah. Yeah. It just don't look, it don't, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't track for me. It feels like someone playing dress up. A little bit. Raven, Rachel, in the in the show, Rachel, right? Uh, she feels like Hot Topic Kid. Um, the only one who feels like an actual character to me so far is Starfire. Mm-hmm. Um, I have questions about that character. I'm intrigued by that character. I enjoy watching her on screen. Robin just feels like a kid. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's part of 
he's still a kid. He's trying to figure it out. Trying to figure out, he's, you know. He's emotionally stunted because mm-hmm. of, you know, having a, a terrible um, tragedy befall his parents. And then uh, the, his new dad sucked and threw him in front of, threw him in front of bullets, you know. So, um, <laughs> threw him off buildings with ropes. Exactly, yeah. So I kind of get that maybe he's getting the angry teenager phase late. Mm-hmm. Because he's been doing all this other stuff so long, so I'm I'm willing to work with that. Um, and his uh, fuck Batman thing, it's it all reads as just like that. Read as forced, as forced yeah. as it was in the trailer, it still reads the same way. Yeah, it doesn't feel natural. It feels silly. Yeah. Um, and it feels like Jason Todd to me. Mm-mm. It doesn't feel like Dick Grayson. So and that that's fair. I like I said it. It reads like Dick Grayson, where I think he would be at this point. Mm-hmm. But either way, that's that's just as far as the character itself. Yeah. What that character, the portrayal of that character, I'm just not. Yeah, it just felt disingenuous to have the character Dick Grayson talking to a woman where it's like supposed to be this emotional connection between him and another detective, even though he's a lone wolf, top gun, never gonna run with another pack because he's been burned by a partner before kind of thing. And he talks about his old quote unquote partner who, you know, of course she thinks it's another detective. Really? He's talking about Batman. Aren't we being clever? Um, and he's like, Oh, he solved everything with his fists. And I just found out that I was becoming too much like him. Uh, one, the one thing he says is that, uh, he wasn't, she assumed, Oh, was he on the take? Was he a bad detective? He's like, no, he was a hero. And I looked up to him. But also, I don't want to become him. What? Why? What are, you, what are you talking about? And then this is hot on the heels. This whole conversation is hot on the heels right after he m- murders a bunch of people in an alleyway. It it's certainly not just, seems so. There was blood squirting everywhere. Yeah. Um, a lot I just, of squibs. <laughs> I feel like I'm my my shoes are all squishy from stepping on all the blood <laughs> coming out of my monitor. And I, and he's like, "Why? Well, I didn't want to become him because he solves everything with his fists." As opposed to knives, like you were just doing, what? Well, he, he had he had razor sharp R's. Oh no! But he also took a, one of the gangsters' knives and stabbed somebody in the thigh, and then wound up like stabbing someone in the throat. What well, the other thing about that whole fight scene that that threw me off is, like you said, he seemingly murders more than a few people. Yeah. Right now, by admittedly making one of the guys shoot a bunch of the people. Mm-hmm. But he, he he's complicit in, in, yeah. in doing this. Yeah. As opposed to disarming the man, he turns him around so he murders his well, and actually it's it's in it's in silhouette. So the way I read that scene was he took the guy, he did a John Wick kind of thing where the guy comes at him with a gun, he turns him around and fires the gun back at other people. Right. That's what I that's the way I took it too. Oh, because the way you made the way you made it seem to me was that The gentleman with the gun was doing the shooting. I took it as Robin had his hand on the other guy's hand and was doing the shooting for that guy. Well, yeah, and and I did I did say it that way, which is a slight distinction. And it is it is a distinction, and I meant it as you as you said it. Oh, okay, great. But the reason why that pissed me off, I mean, if this is where Robin is in his Mm headspace, you know, that's not the Robin I know, but. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they're doing something different with Robin here. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, so he kills all these other guys, you know, after announcing that he's only there for one guy. Yeah. So why not just let everybody else leave? But yeah. no, he's going to kill them. Well, because they said, where's Batman? So now they all got to pay. Well, this fuck Batman. But they all said, where's Batman? Including- I did like, that was a nice little moment, though. Robin drops down and he lands on the car and everyone's like, oh, there's Robin. And the, all the all the guns immediately go to the rooftops looking for Batman. And yeah. Robin's just sitting on the top of the car like, y'all. What uh, on, chopped hey liver? Guys, yeah, what's up? I just, I just jumped onto this car. That was pretty cool, right? Um, and then they did, did, oh, he's here by himself. And that's when they engage Robin. But I, I did love that little moment of like, fuck, where's Batman? I, I did like it too because when he does land down and it's the black cape that flashes up and it's the hint of yellow underneath yeah. it. It's like, it, is that really? Is that really intimidating? Is that is, 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 is that is that Peter? Is that is that Peter Brady? Is up there in a Robin suit? <laughs> Here's a story. 
But um, but then no. So he's there to catch the one dude. Yeah. For a reason that I don't really remember. It has something to do with a kidnapping. I don't know. He did a bad thing. But then he catches him. Yeah. Now he's killed everybody else. Uh Uh-huh. But this guy, he's just going to beat up and let off with a warning. Now, mind you, he beats him senseless Mm -hmm. and drags his face across jagged glass. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. It's it's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. But he's just going to beat him up. Well, why don't you just smirk him, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have murked everybody else. Uh-huh. You know, don't you have a special uh, Robin Rang with his name on it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. No, I agree. But I also did like, and I'll and just point out some stuff that I did like. The touch of him being back at his cove or whatever. Apartment? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it is an apartment. Yeah. I, Either that or he's subletting from Daredevil. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But uh, I like the touch of him um, cleaning off his, his uh, suit, like yeah. cleaning the blood off of his, his yeah. suit and stuff. And he I, takes a minute to, you know, he, he's got one of his Robin Rangs, whatever they're called, and um, there's blood on it, and he puts it on his finger, and he kind of like looks at it for a minute. So yeah. He's clearly, he's acknowledging that he's drawing blood from people. Yeah. Yeah. So this, 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 like, you know, is this really me? Is this really where I'm yeah. at? Type of thing. Yeah. So you know, um, I, I and so I feel where they're trying to go with it. They're, like I said, it's a it's a, a episode that's a tale of two halves. The first half, you said, feels like the crow. To me, it feels like warmed over, well, slightly warmed over Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, the second half is so much better. Yeah. It looks like it's totally directed by a totally different person. Well, we were watching it together here on my computer, and I, uh, you know, I, I paused it for a second after you know Starfire wakes up in the car, and uh, she's kind of running through the woods because the guys are after her. And I paused it and I said, "This feels like a completely different show. They should have led with this mm-hmm. because a ri- the, you know, first impression of the first half of that show was it, it felt like a set." With all the lights turned off, mm-hmm. um, it didn't feel like naturalistic city stuff. Um, but as this was like, it was in the daytime. It's overcast. We're running through a forest. Clearly with snow. on a location. Yeah, on location right. shoot. So I feel like that brought um, a little bit more. And whether or not it did, actually, it felt like more production value. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. But um, you know, hey. Uh, you know, I'm going to watch number two. I'll watch number two. I'm going to stick with it. I want it to be that, you know, he's going through the, the finding himself situation. Um, you know, trying to not be as brutal and cause they did that with, who did they do that with originally? Dude came out the gate, just murking people. And then all of a sudden the second season was like, maybe I shouldn't go. Oh, Arrow. Oh yeah. Arrow. The first season of Arrow. He was like, you have failed this city. Now suck on this uh, bow arrow yeah, <laughs> yeah an arrow in your chest um, and then after that he's like well maybe I should stop murdering people so I wonder if they're going to do something similar here yeah <laughs> I thought that was that was real weird yeah come yeah. out the gate killing people and they're like nah maybe I'll stop yeah it's, like, but, it's too uh, late dude you already murdered half a city well, in my book, if you're drawing comparisons to Arrow, you're setting yourself up for failure. But well, touche, salesman. Yeah, that's me. And you've got Hawk and Dove coming. So, ugh. oh, yeah. yeah, I'll be curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'll be watching. Um, do we have any questions for the audience? You know, how we used to give them homework. Well, we can ask them what they thought of um, Titans. Titans. You know what? I'm going to broaden it even more. What do you think of the DC streaming service, dcuniverse.com? Yeah, if, if they are. How's your experience? Because I, I will say this. Overall, I think I like having the access. Yeah. You know, like I sat when it when it first went live. I sat, I watched, uh, I rewatched Batman Ninja. Oh, I haven't gotten to that one yet. I watched, uh, and I rewatched pretty much all of the Batman. So I watched Batman and Robin, Batman nice. Bad Blood, um, all that. Um, and they, they were actually kind of cool to rewatch. Um, having the Justice League movies up there it, uh, is cool. There is a Justice League movie, like the animated movies. Oh. Because like Flashpoint is up there. Oh, word. And yeah, I yeah, think yeah. the Aquaman one, I think is up there. Throne of Atlantis. Yeah, I think it's up there. There is a Justice League movie. That a lot of people don't know about because it was aimed for a younger audience that I 
I would be curious if they put up there. It was Justice League, uh, I think it's called Trapped in Time. And it more or less, it's very interesting because this, it's funny because we had um, uh, we were talking about Legion earlier with uh, Rick Leonardi who was here in the studio in the in the store. Rick Taylor. Rick Taylor. Yeah. Not Leonardi. My fault. Rick Taylor. Um, and the Justice League Trapped in Time actually starts in the time of the Legion of Superheroes, and it features Dawn Star. And I can't remember who the other Legionnaire is. It may be Invisible Kid. I can't quite remember. But regardless, they, for whatever reason, travel back in time to the time of the Justice League slash Super Friends almost and help them against like the Legion of Doom. Uh, Like I said, it's aimed at a younger audience, but it actually is a pretty cool movie. I think when it was released, it was like a... A Walmart exclusive for for a short time. Um, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, uh, no, excuse me, Giancarlo Volpe, who is the animator director of Netflix, um, The Dragon Prince, actually worked on that as well. Um, it actually was not. It, it's it's a cool little film that I p- think people slept on. Yeah, it's under Justice League Adventures. Yeah, yeah. It, like I said, it was like a like a kids type Cute. movie, but oh, it doesn't. I've never heard of it. And it feels kiddish, but it definitely is still got a little, you know, a higher production value than you know most superhero kiddish stuff. Oh, nice. And it was kind of cool. I'm digging. I'm digging the service. I'm not one for, like you have access to read like a whole bunch of comic books, mm-hmm. and I'm not one for reading comic books online. So I'm yeah, just yeah. not with it. Um, and all the old series that are up there, the old Batman movies, Wonder Woman series is up there and stuff. It's kind of cool to have them all in yeah, one it's spot. Enough, it's enough to keep me um, coming back for at least a while, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I can go through the entire animated series and all, all that other stuff that I like to watch. Yeah. So, um, Static Shock's up there. Oh, is it? Oh, I see. I never even got to see that. Yeah, Static Shock's There we up go. There. Uh, yeah, there's a ton of stuff up there that'll keep me busy for at least a while. Eventually, if they don't keep updating it enough, I may run out of stuff. Yeah, I'd be I'd be curious to do to see like how they're going to handle that. Like, yeah. are they going to like like pull some stuff off for a time mm-hmm. to replace it with other stuff? I mean, it's not but so much stuff they can replace it with, honestly, yeah. as far as TV and and movies. But like even the comic books, I think it's it's pretty bare in there for comic. Well, books. actually, right now with the the launch of Titans, there's more than a few Teen Titan comic books yeah, up there. That's good. That's yeah, the that, way to do it. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. Email us at uh, blacktribbles at gmail and let us know what you think of the DC streaming service and Titans. Or you can email us at copopgo at gmail and let us know the answers to those self same questions. Yay! Yay! All right, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, hey, you know what? If you want to toss on a little bit of a little bit of money into uh, the wallet uh, of Jadles, it's um, I have a Patreon, so it's Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. So thank you so much. Um, I already have more people patrons than I ever thought. I thought I would get one, and it would be my mother. So it's uh, it's nice. So that's thank it, you so that's much. That's cool. And yeah. hey, if you're in the Philadelphia area on Friday, October 26th, come. Uh, Go to uh, check us out. Check me out. My yeah. podcast, The Show Mission. Yeah, we're doing a screening of the '70s horror classic Sugar Hill, which I've never seen. It's about a a, a chick named Sugar and her zombie hitmen. What? Yes, <laughs> it's insane, and we're going to be screening it for free on Friday, October twenty-sixth, uh, at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House here in Philadelphia. We're going to have some special drinks and a whole nine. Nice. You can look for information on MichaudeMission.com. That's M I C H E A U X Mission. Dot com. That's the website for my uh, podcast. Yeah, I'm going to check out the Michelle Mission, the one you just released. I'm excited because I love. I kind of have a a love hate relationship with um, the movie you just did, Candyman. So I can't wait to a love hate relationship. Really, well, it's one of those movies that's so it's it's uncomfortable. Oh, I'm uncomfortable with it. So is that because when you saw it, it was right right in your wheelhouse, like primed to be scared? It was like yeah. Because it, yeah. it was, it's off kilter. There's mm-hmm. something about that movie that isn't just a straight up horror movie with like um, all the usual tropes that you would find in a horror movie. This was something new. This was something that I hadn't really experienced before. Um, 
that they made choices uh, stylistically that made me uncomfortable, story-wise made me uncomfortable, yeah. come be my victim, uh, the, all the way up to the end, the choice mm -hmm. at the end with the bonfire that I won't, I won't uh, spoil here, but there's so much about that that it, there's so many interesting choices in that film that just make it unsettling for me. Yeah. Um, it's not so much like it's a dude with a hook hand that's kind of gross. And also he's got a coat full of bees like that has nothing to do with that movie being scary to me. It's all of these other stylistic and atmospheric choices. And I think that's what makes the movie, which still very much is of his time. It came out in 19, 1992, yeah. um, but still makes it resonate with mm -hmm. a lot of people now. Uh, if you go to our website, we did the review of Candyman, but then as a separate show, we did the, there's an interview that we did over the phone with Tony Todd, who plays Candyman. Um, That's awesome. And, and Tony, who I've actually known for a, for a few years, he's, he's no joke. He's no holds barred. Um, it's letting you know, He's, he starts off with the four-letter words, and he doesn't stop. So it's explicit language. Don't listen to it around the kitties. But um, he is very proud of Candyman, and he gives all of the reasons why, as well as um, pontificates on a bunch of other subjects. So, so I, I, I know we, sh we should be done, but I guess I could be talking to you this off-air, but what the fuck. Um, there's something about Tony Todd and the way he speaks and the cadence that he brings to yes. all of his lines. all of his roles, and there's a, there's a it's it's almost like the way Tony Todd speaks in his movies feels like uh, a demon sucking words out of a person. Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know if that makes sense. No, I feel but it you. feels like someone is pulling the words out of Tony Todd. So there's this sort of like long drawn out sort of kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious. I've never heard him in interviews, so I'm going to be curious to see if he just talks like that all the time or uh, if he's just like, hey, what's up? So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward. Wait till you hear. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> all right, brothers and sisters, we will talk at you later. Okay.